Welcome to Design Your Life in Business, the podcast for leaders by Bright Mind Consulting Group. We give you the necessary tools to help you become the architect of not just your business, but your life too. I'm your host, Javon Wooden. Costa, what's going on, man? How you doing? Javon, doing great. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. You know, here we get right into it at the Design Life and Business Podcast. So I'm jumping right in, man. And you're going to introduce yourself better than I will. So first question is, who is Costa Panagoulias? Great question. So, well, where to begin? First and foremost, I'm a father to three beautiful kids, husband to a superstar of a wife. And uh, in a nutshell, I'm a serial bootstrapped serial entrepreneur. Most recently, uh, you know, I founded and so bootstrapped and founded a company, a SaaS company 12 years ago uh, in 2022. That company got acquired in a successful seven figure cash exit. So uh, and now to the next uh, set of projects here, which I'm sure we'll get into. So that's a quick, uh, quick intro. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Congratulations on, on acquisition, you know, making it successful, man. That's that's huge. So you said bootstrap. First off, what got you started in entrepreneurship? Let's get there first. Got to go way back for that. How did I get started in entrepreneurship? I, I think I've always had, a, I know, whether it's the gene or, or the, the bug in me, that entrepreneurship uh, bug, I think it came out for me personally in university. So I remember with my business partner at the time, we would literally meet up every Friday night, order a pizza and uh, think about ways to make a million bucks. Like that was kind of our thing, you know, hungry, young entrepreneurs, kids just, just dreaming. And, um, you know, one of those Friday nights, we, we came across this idea for this SaaS company in the real estate technology space. And for whatever reason, that just happened to be our aha moment. And, and from that point on, we started building not only what, what the heck we were doing, but uh, managed to figure out over time, day by day, week, months rolled by and eventually grew that into a, a very successful business that, you know, 12 years later, I uh, got purchased by, by a big corporation. So, Man, that's pretty dope. So what made y'all want to do bootstrap? I mean, you know, acquisitions and stuff and, and getting funding and all that stuff is like all the rage. What made y'all want to go against the grain, so to speak, on, on most software platforms and, and SaaS uh, companies? That's a good question. You know, I remember at the time when we were starting out, you're right, like getting that that investment or that series A or that that seed round was the rage. Those were the getting all the headlines and like TechCrunch and all these publications and we never like that never really crossed our mind. Like we, you know, we didn't even think to get an investment. Like we were just focused on how do we build a product? How do we make money? How do we become profitable right away? Like investment wasn't even a thought to be honest. Hmm. That's pretty awesome, man. What is your, did y'all run into any challenges along the way to make y'all rethink that decision to be bootstrapped? I never regretted it. And to this day, I don't think I'll ever seek investment or funding. Not to say like, I'm not against it. It's just, I don't know, over as time goes by, I can realize I enjoy the bootstrapping process and just figuring out how to run a profitable business from day one. And I think we're seeing it today, right? Given the economic times and, you know, how companies are have been so reliant for so long on that in, next investment round and just focusing on hyper growth and scale they're not in fact profitable so so when, right. when the money tap runs out these companies are all drowning that's being very uh, visible right now so there's a lot of value to focusing on profit rather than 
focusing your time and energy on pitching to investors. Yeah. And I agree, man. It's like when you bootstrap, you kind of run lean. You do what was needed and you have this problem solving mentality like, man, I'm not going to go just throw more money at a problem. I'm going to do a root cause analysis. I'm going to see what's actually the issue. And you you just run a little smarter versus saying, oh, we always have this investor back here. All right. Who's going to throw us a couple of mil. And we'll be set. We'll be able to throw our parties and, you know, all this stuff. Right. Instead of focusing on what actually is needed in the business. So yeah. I agree, man. You got to it takes a special entrepreneur, a special leader to be able to take that funding when you do get it too, to make sure you're managing it properly. So I, I love the bootstrap idea. You know, I think that's something that isn't celebrated enough, really. I agree, man. I think the the publications on like the tech crunches and all these, like gotta start celebrating more the bootstrappers who who are creating profitable businesses rather than companies who are getting a seed round but are burning cash every month. Right. Did you guys I know it was you and your partner, did y'all bring in any external parties uh during the the creation no. of the SaaS company or no, y'all just, just did it all together? Wow, that's pretty awesome. And then when I think about it, you know, reading your story, I know that you got your like your first 500 customers just by cold calling. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so I single-handedly closed the first 500 paying clients just through cold outreach. You know, going back, thinking of your bootstrap, so we had no money. So there wasn't even a thought on like marketing and like Google ads and all this stuff because like, we had no money to do that. So the only option we had literally was the option that cost zero dollars but just required time and effort and that's cold calling email marketing right that cold outreach so literally just got lists of we we're in the real estate uh, space so real estate agents emailed cold called them and just went through the process in our entire business from the point we got acquired like outbound sales has always been our way to acquire new customers uh, it was just obviously been refined you know, and kind of perfected over time. And we still never spent any money on Google ads or any of that. So we've always had that outbound approach, grinded it out to this, that 500 paying clients until we were able to start hiring additional salespeople as well. Right, man. You must have been a hell of a salesman to close 500 people. <laughs> like, you know, what, what kind of script did you have? Did you go through some sales training or something? Yeah. No, well, so at the, during university, I was actually doing uh, telemarketing you know, as a student to pay bills and have money. But looking back, I'm actually very grateful I had that experience because like, you know, I learned the fundamentals of sales, you know, and rejection and rebuttals and rejection handling and all that. So, so that was really helpful when it came to picking up the phone and, and trying to sell my product for my business. But no, man, like sales, just like with any skill in the world, it's a skill set gets better with time and experience. So the more you do it, the more you practice it. Like I read books on sales and like how to, you know, create better opening pitches, how to leave better voicemails, how to leave better emails. So like I, you know, I, I studied and learned as much as I could. And I think learning by doing is the best way to learn, right? So the more you do it, you refine it, tweak it, and, and you, you just get better and better each and every call. That you make. I agree, man. It takes uh, on-the-job training. We always talk about that. That's a, I completely agree that that's what it takes. But I know that you know while you're doing it, especially that cold calling, there's usually this initial like nerves type of thing. So you're stumbling and fumbling. You don't know really what to say. Like, how did you refine that and know what was working and what doesn't? Were you tracking it with some metrics? My metrics was at the time. I literally just had a <laughs> with a list, and I was like pounding the phone. But I don't know. Like I. 
Naturally, I'm a very confident person, especially when I'm selling my own product. I think what makes a good sales person is understanding who you are as an individual. And what I mean by that is you can have two different, two separate people with completely different personalities. One could be an introvert, which I am. I'm an introverted person, quieter compared to someone that's extroverted, loud, like just that salesy personality. You know, both can have their own styles. Both can be very successful, but it matters on like understanding who you are and crafting your sales approach to match your personality if that makes sense. So I kind of had the awareness on that early on. But I think what helps with outbound sales specifically is targeting the right people. And I can give an example if you want on, on like what I did. Absolutely. Using that company as an example. So we were selling to real estate agents. So the first mistake people make with outbound sales, I think, is not targeting the right segment and niching down on your customer enough. So, you know, back to that example. So my customers are real estate agents. Most people are going to think, okay, real estate agents, that's a niche in itself. Good to go. But like completely wrong. There's so many different types of real estate agents. You could be selling residential, commercial, part of a team, doing it part-time, you know, so several different micro segments within real estate. So I remember what I did early on was I would create very micro segment groups of real estate agents. So for example, one would be, okay, I'm going to target, I'm from Toronto, Canada. So I'm going to target uh, real estate agents that are from Toronto who work for, let's say Remax, that's a big real estate brokerage and who do not have a website. So I have these three unique attributes, where they're from, where they work and whether they have a website or not. So with these attributes, now I can craft a very warm message. So it'll sound like, hey, Javon, Costa here from web for realty You've been helping a lot of your colleagues over at Remax with their websites. I noticed you didn't have one. Was there any particular reason why? So, you know, something like that, which is a, a cold pitch, but sounds very warm and personal. Like I'm picking up right. the phone just to call you specifically. So that person receiving that message kind of has no choice but to like, exchange dialogue back and forth, right? Rather than just like hanging up the phone and, and, and whatever. But so my point is when you niche down, uh, when you get as granular as possible on your list, you can start crafting very warm and personal sounding messages, which would be impossible if I were just to target all real estate agents. So we wouldn't have to 100%, 100%. And thank you for providing that example. That's exactly right. It's like, you know, there's always some micro segmentation that can be done when you're going to target your audience. And that's something when you become that specific, you know exactly what you need to say. And the script doesn't have to change all that often, right? So that is something that it was open. You had an open question, right? Which gave them freedom to say, yeah, you know, I don't, I didn't create this site because I didn't want to invest in it or, you know, I didn't know who to go to, whatever. So I love that pitch, man. I would have answered you i would just <laughs> say what you got for me costa <laughs> so no nah, thanks for that man so do you still use outbound calls and emails to this day for your new businesses yeah for sure i'm a big uh, proponent of just outbound sales and outbound you know outreach for sure i think there's a lot of different avenues now and tools you can use that make it better but i think the the, the fundamentals remain the same it's like first and foremost you need to know who you're targeting and really get very, very as specific and as granular as possible on the segment in your market that you're trying to reach. Got you. How do you uh, go about finding more information about your, your target segments? I think it depends on the, the industry you're in, right? You know, so my next, currently in the process of launching a new SaaS company, but this time it's, it, it's going to be, um, it's for independent contractors and small construction companies. So 
you know, how you can get like Google, like literally Google, like electrical contractors in Houston and like hire a web scraper from overseas or whatnot for a couple of bucks an hour. And you can get like really good lists. LinkedIn sales navigator, I think is another one that I've been playing around with recently for some other projects. Actually, uh, you can get very specific on uh, who to segment and how on, on sales navigator. So that's another good one. Uh, but I think it, it really depends on who your market is. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. But you hit one that I, I like to use is Google, right? Just searching exactly what you just said, like, who am I looking for in what locale? And then that's going to pop up with a bunch of different, you know, resources and records. So I like to start there and then use all the tools like Sales Navigator, the Apollos and Legions, whatever, you know, that's out there these days. You just mentioned that you're, you're still doing this serial entrepreneur thing. You've made a lot of money, man. What keeps you going? <laughs> like, why do you still do this? I think it's just like the type of person I am. Like if you, if you had asked me, you know, 10 years ago, 10 years from now, you'd sold your company for this amount, you'd be making this amount of money. Like I'd be thinking like, oh shit, yes, like I made it, like I can retire. But like, I think, and this is true for any entrepreneur, like once you reach a milestone, I'm air quoting if you're listening, um, like it, it doesn't, it's like a game. I see entrepreneurship as, as a game and it's just like, I, I just reached a level and like there's, you know, got to now reach the next level. And like you're, you know, you never stop. It's just you know part of the, the entrepreneurship game. You just continue, right? Right. And then you're using the information that you've taken and that you've learned. And you created this platform that uh, your mission is to help 10,000 bootstrap entrepreneurs pretty much learn the game so they can grow and scale their business. Uh, what made you want to create that? Yeah, I've always, one of my passions has always been just like mentoring and, and sharing my experiences and insights with other entrepreneurs. I, I just get a lot of you know, joy out of doing that, you know, so I've been doing that for, for many, many years. Uh, so I just think it would be a, it's a shame for anyone with any practical experiences or insights just to keep that bottled in, like, you know, what good does that do? So if you can just like share right. that with as many people as, as you can, uh, I just think it's, it's good karma. It's good for the ecosystem. It's good for networking and you know, for me, it just, you know, make, if I can help someone even like a tiny percent, like just like they learn something, they get something from what I'm saying that they're going to use in their business. I get a lot of like just personal joy and like satisfaction from that, that I was able to at least like very minimally help someone. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel that, man. 100 percent. It's one of the reasons why I wanted you <laughs> wanted you on, man, because of the how you give back and your and your look at, you know, philanthropy and all that other stuff. So thank you for that. So what one um, of the questions I, I want to know, and I usually, you know, I know it varies from day to day, but what does the day in the life of Costa look like? I mean, I'm sure you're a busy guy. It's kind of like an, an impossible question to answer. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing. It just like depends on what, what the focus is on right now. Like, you know, like if you ask me right now and ask me again three months from now, I, I think the answer is going to change. But you know, today I'm working on uh, starting a new business. So a lot of time is spent on developers and, and the team on actually building the product. You know, I just launched, uh, like you said, one of my missions right now is to, to help 10,000 bootstrapped entrepreneurs. I recently released a video content series called hardknocksass.com, you know, which is, is basically an hour, an, an hour and a half, over 25 videos, uh, just like sharing my uh, personal experiences and insights on growing my company from zero dollars to seven figure cash exit and just like every step along the way uh, things mm -hmm. that were uh, beneficial and helped us uh, achieve what we did 
you know, so I don't know, I'm just like doing different things. Uh, you know, I, I don't really have a fixed schedule and routine every day. Just like whatever's next, whatever's in front of me. Fair enough, man. How do you recharge? Good question. How do I recharge? <laughs> you know, I'm still trying to figure that out, to be honest. I think one thing I'm trying to really learn right now is like how to, how to be as most productive in a day as possible, like cognitively, how to like keep your energy up every day, how to be sharp and focused every day. So I don't know. I feel like I'm still trying to figure that out. If you have any tips, I'd love to, to hear that. <laughs> yeah, man. I, that's my thing, mindset. So, I mean, one of the things I like to do is I like to start my day on a positive note. So I look for that gratitude, not just to a higher power or anything, but to me, like that keeps me, you know, instead of beating myself up, like, man, why didn't you accomplish that? Why didn't you hit your revenue numbers? I looked for how far I've come. You know, that's one of the things I like to do. And then I like to make sure I'm getting some exercise in each day. Got to keep the body moving, like to make sure I'm hydrated. And then I like to educate myself as early as possible, because when you educate yourself early in the morning, that's when I'm freshest. That's when I can absorb the, the materials and I'm able to come up with strategies of implementation throughout that day. So that's some of the things I like to do to keep myself. Yeah, me going too. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, keeping exercise, very important, working out, asleep. Is one that kind of people overlook. Sure. I think it's the most important one is just having a good sleep. And yeah, no, so I agree with what you said. Yeah, sleep, man. I'm still trying to get that one. <laughs> for some reason, I struggle with sleeping. Like staying asleep is my thing. So I'm looking for some tips on that one. So if you you know how to stay asleep. I have three me. kids, you know, young kids, all under four. So, you know. Oh, my. Sleep, yeah, yeah. Sleep is kind of like a thing of the past for me. <laughs> y'all wasn't wasting no time huh y'all said oh, we just gonna <laughs> knock them out <laughs> i love it man so what's next on the docket you already have these two things going in uh synchronicity pretty much so what's next on the docket for you next is uh main focus is, is a job table the new SaaS company that should be launched in the summer uh, of this year and like what you said right learning applying your experiences and what you learned in the past into something new. I'm so excited to launch this new SaaS business. Just like, you know, from what I've learned over the last decade in SaaS, like this company is going to be like 10 times the size of my previous one. Uh, so I'm just excited to, to execute that in reality. So, so that, that's the main focus for me. That's congratulations on that, man. How do you tend to stay like focused? Do you use like a project management software? I'm not a product person at all. So like this, you know, I don't write any code. I don't, you know, so like in my, even in my previous company, my business partner was more the one handling the, the development, the product management side of things. Uh, so you Steve this, Jobs pretty much. <laughs> no. That's what you said, right? It's more for me, it's more the mindset. Like I have a kind of a philosophy, which I live by, and, and that's no plan Bs. So what does that mean? It means like if I dedicate myself if i say like if i'm committing to something you know that means there's no plan b it's like a plan b is a plan for failure like once you instill that tiny grain of doubt in your head like you're planning mm. for failure your chances of failure like exponentially increase because like you put it in your head right so you know so in this case job table like we dedicated to it we started it. there's no plan b's like this is it 
Man, that's that's powerful, man, because it's like it's something Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich, like burn all those bridges you thought you had, right? Those ones you were going to lean on that was going to keep you held back. Because if you only have a plan A, you got to do everything possible to make that plan A work. So I love what you just said, man. That was a bar right there. That was a jewel. I can apply it to anything, anything you commit to. Absolutely, man. That's how, you know, that's pretty much how us entrepreneurs have to look. It's like if you really, truly, you know, get in the game and whatever your business line is, you're going to do what it takes, right? You started this company for a reason. It's not easy. You know, even a business leader, maybe you didn't start the company, but maybe you're a CEO in that exact position. You have to know why you did it. That why is so powerful because that's going to get you through those days when we're like, man, F this. What the? Why is nothing going right? Right. So that is probably what motivates you and why you haven't figured out how to recharge it because you love what you do. Right. You love the grind. Yeah. It's like I said, it becomes it's a game. Right. It's it just like keep te- for me, I like testing myself. Like I said, everything I learned in the last decade in SaaS, applying it now to a new business. Like this is like a personal test to me. Like in theory, this second SaaS that I'm starting should be like literally 10 times the size because I'm starting with a platform. That I never had in my first SaaS, so like, I, I've obviously learned a lot in the last decade. So that's like a you know personal thing for me, personal test. Yeah, I think you know touching on what you said as well. I think the most important thing for any entrepreneur, which I see a lot, I speak to a lot of new entrepreneurs and new founders, and one thing I notice is uh, a lot of people lack the just the ability to be persistent and you know sticking right. to that one thing for long enough to like get over those early stages of like not making any money and gaining no traction, you know, persistence, I think is so important. 100%, man. That's you have to have that persistence and consistency um, are two things I think are non-negotiable when it comes to this game, right? Running a business. Do you think that you're having a partner helped you along that to stay persistent and consistent? Yeah, no, my partner in my first company, amazing like we were i think partnerships are so important as well just being able to feed off each other bringing different skill sets to the table and just maintaining that same level of passion and that like no plan b attitude you know if you if you have someone that that shares that uh definitely make things makes things easier in my opinion rather than going at it alone Right. How did you find your partner? Like, did you have like some hard and fast, like, I want this to be no, my partner, we certain traits or anything? Best friends, you know, we were just grew up together through a mutual friend. And yeah, that friendship grew to business. But that's pretty awesome. You said you guys still in business on the second company? Not on the second uh, company. No, uh, I was kind of doing our own thing, but still like, uh, you know, amazing friends. Gotcha. Yeah, you made it through, man. <laughs> I hear a lot of stories about partnerships not going so well. So that's perfect. We're going to wind down here. We're going to go to this this round. I like to call it the by design segment, where I ask each guest the same three questions. You ready to roll? Let's do it. All right. So what has been the hardest part about designing a life and business you don't need a vacation from? The hardest part of designing a business that you don't need a vacation from. That is a, the hardest part of design. Th- this one, you're going to have to pause because you got me thinking on this one. This <laughs> one. Yeah. I love it. Go ahead. Take your time. We'll cut it out. <laughs> Answer, ask that question again. Because Ask me that again. Well, what's the question? Okay. Hardest okay. part. Got you. What has been the hardest part about designing a life and business you don't need a vacation from? 
I usually don't get stumped like this, but I don't know why this is like a, a weird one. That's good. That's a good one. <laughs> That's what we like. <laughs> we like to see that. Of designing a business, I don't need a vacation. I honestly don't, can't even answer that question. Like there's, first of all, I think you, why don't you need a vacation from it? Like aren't vacations a good thing? Yeah. So vacation is a mindset thing, right? What is pretty much like what keeps you wanting to come back? What keeps you waking up from it? Right. What keeps you uh, in a frame that says, Hey, this is my baby. This is what, what I want to do. This is what I'm not going to exit. Right. There's no plan B. Like you were saying, what keeps you going on that? I mean, okay, I get, I got, I feel like I kind of answered that just like the type of person I am, like my, literally what I live off of is this philosophy of mm -hmm. no plan B's. Like when I mm -hmm. tell But what's the hardest part about it though? You gotta, yeah, what's the hardest part? So it's kind of flipped. Like what was the hardest part of doing it? Yeah. Honestly, like it's not hard for me. Like I honestly, like I don't know if that sounds arrogant or kind of cocky, but like to have this mentality, like it's not difficult. It's just like, it's just who I am. I think it's how I'm wired as a person. You know, I just have a lot of work ethic and commitment and it, it, I feel like these things kind of come natural to me. So like, I don't even look at it as like, it's hard to maintain it. Like, you know, I come to think of it. I think that's why it was like a weird kind of question to answer because like, I don't, I just don't view it like that. I don't view it as a hard thing. It's just like life. It's just how I am. Yeah. You like challenge, accept it. It ain't hard at all. I love it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> nah, that's, that's good, man. That so sense, what? Huh? Number two, it makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, you take on challenges. You just like to figure it out, right? You like to tinker around with it, make it what you want it to be. So I get it, man. I think that's a great, great answer. Number two is what is the best lesson you've learned from the entrepreneurial journey? The best lesson I've learned. I think the whew, that's a, that's a good one too because there's there's a lot of I feel like there's a lot of lessons. Right, you got a whole channel, a whole uh, web page for it, right? Some of the best les lessons is, you know, just going back to like the fundamental. I can get like more fundamental, high level, and then like specific as possible. But high level, I think, is is just learning from experiences. I think what I see a lot of people do is they they go through life, go through business get experiences, but don't reflect on those experiences, whether good or bad, and learn from them and grow from them. I think it's very important to reflect on everything and just like uh, learn on, on what you can do better, like, you know, what you can mm -hmm. apply in a similar situation in the future. So I think just like taking every experience, even if it's a terrible experience and, and just taking that negative experience and, and turning it into a positive. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I, think agree. That, I think that's one thing. I, I think the second thing more specifically, I think that the most important uh, trade and characteristic that any entrepreneur needs is sales. Uh, I think sales is fundamental, when, especially when you're starting out, you have no choice but to sell your product if you want to make money. When your team starts to grow and you need to start hiring employees, that requires a lot of salesmanship to pitch potential team members to work for you. Uh, whether you're seeking investment, like you need to be good at sales to pitch your company. Like there's always a form of salesmanship. Even when you have existing team members, keeping them motivated, that requires salesmanship as well. So I think that's uh, uh, the number one uh, trait, characteristic, whatever you want to call it for an entrepreneur, sales. Yeah, I love that, man, because I always tell people like you're selling every day when you have a relationship, you're selling that person to, to make sure they like you, to make sure they're happy. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, you put it greatly, man. Thank you for that.
The third question is, what are three tools or tips that you would recommend the audience use as they scale their business? Tools or tips? Hmm, another good one, man. You, you, I like these. <laughs> hey, I'm on fire. <laughs> All of these. So tools and tips, I think, so I come from a remote perspective. So companies I, I run are all remote. Like we, we had an office, ha- haven't had an office in like eight years now. So like I operate my business fully remotely. So fundamentally, every business needs a communication channel. Like I love Slack for that. Slack is like a virtual office in my case. Second, every business, no matter what you do, you need a CRM. You need a way to be organized and like manage your contacts. With this one, I don't think I have one specific CRM I would recommend just mm-hmm. because every business use case is different. I do like, with that being said, I like simplicity. Uh, and one of the best ones I've seen, which I, I would definitely recommend is close.com for a CRM. And the third one, I think what's very important is also a uh, documentation tool. So like, especially as, as you think about scale and growth, I think processes become very important, uh, especially as you're bringing people on to your company to help out with certain tasks or roles. The last thing you want is to bring someone on kind of like with nothing, you know, blank slate, right. you know, you're, it feels like you're operating very like poorly and efficiently. So to have someone you walk into an organization that's unorganized, uh, is not a good look. So I think being uh, organized and, and documenting your processes is very critical, which I think a lot of people uh, overlook for sure. Uh, so, you know, to do that, there's a lot of tools. A uh, popular one is Notion.so, uh, I believe. So yeah, I think those are like just three fundamental key tools that kind of any business requires. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, thank you for sharing those, man. You gave me a new one. I hadn't heard of a close. So that I'm going to have to check that one out myself. So, man, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. How can people connect with you? You can find me on I'm on Twitter, Costa Pana, uh, Instagram, Costa Pana. I uh, check out my website, Hard Knock Sass. That's the video content series where you can check that out. And uh, I'm not hard to find. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I have a very unique name, Costa Panaglia. So happy to connect with, with anyone. Yeah, appreciate you, man, dropping some jewels and some knowledge for us. Uh, it's been a pleasure. So whatever, I look forward to speaking with you again in the future, man. we got to make sure we stay connected. Likewise, man. Thanks for having me. This was fun. My pleasure, man. See you soon. Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders, is brought to you by Bright Mind Consulting Group. To find out more about Bright Mind Consulting Group and how you can become the best leader possible, visit brightmindconsultinggroup.com. Make sure you search for Design Your Life and Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Bright Mind Consulting Group, we cannot thank you enough for listening.